All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, episode 37. This is Corey. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Derek. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, JK3. All right, so we have a special guest today, uh, 1010XL, uh, 92.5 FM's James Coleman. James, how are you today? I'm doing good, man. James uh, hosts the Sports Den Sunday and Monday nights from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, played fullback at Florida State as a starter for three years. Uh, played for the New Orleans Saints, the NFL. Holds, when I read your bio, an endless number of certifications and currently runs Elite Sports Performance here in Jacksonville, Florida. So we'll definitely link up to your page on our uh, podcast description. But my first true question is, if I currently run 10 seconds in the 40-yard dash, can you train me to try out and break Chris Johnson's record by next year's combine? Um, yes, if you do a um, copious amounts of drugs. Um, <laughs> um, poor steroids, um, deer antler spray, HGH, um, HCH, and um, any other things in there. We could possibly get you to five seconds, but four two four is um I'm not gonna be able to get you an island. All right. So um after, good thing we're recording this. I'll write all those down and can I get those on Amazon? Is that how that works or um yeah, Amazon Prime. I'm not sure how how sketch it's testosterone too. But um if you listen to our show, um Dr. Capasso can get you the testosterone. I don't know about the other stuff though. All right, cool. Appreciate it. Appreciate appreciate the tips. Stuff's kind of illegal. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll uh, edit that part out. <laughs> well, uh, James, you know, one thing, uh, thanks again for you, you coming on. Um, but as, as the combine, you know, draws near, and, and, you know, I know you guys have your uh, your second annual sports stand combine where you can give, you know, regular folks like us, you know, the opportunity to come out and, you know, run a 40, you know, uh, vert test and, and broad jump. Um, can you explain to the, the casual NFL fan, you know, what what these drills and you know what these things are are, are kind of measuring? Okay, um, I guess in layman's terms, um, they see the film, and most people be like you watch game film, so you should be able to know what kind of person they are just by watching the game film. But what these tests do is they kind of um, make sure what you saw was real. So you have um, you know, it's, and it's not just everybody watches the NFL Network, and they've done a really good job of the 40-yard dash, the short shuttle, uh, or, the, you know, um, the bench press, vertical jump, broad jump, all those other different tests and um, position-specific things. But really, you're there for two days doing physicals and um, and mental evaluation and taking the right. Wonderlick test, essentially a crazier version of the ACT, um, where they ask you, like, um, just a whole bunch of mind, mind questions. They give you, um, I think it's 30 minutes to take, um, thirty for thirty questions. I I don't really remember it off the top of my head, but it's just to sort of see how quick you can um solve problems. And really, that's all it is. It's, um, like if you're thinking about a college student, um, you would think that hey, if if you made straight A's in high school, you should be able to go to college. Well, no, you still have to take the ACT and the SAT to be able to prove that what you did in high school translates well. So that's kind of what the combine is. The combine is the SAT or the ACT of the real of the regular world. So, as you know, you know the eve of the combine. You know, right now, you know what what's some of the things since you've gone through that. You know, what's some of the things that a a potential millionaire or potential you know kids going through right now? Like you said earlier, that you know, Adidas right now. If you break the record, you're getting an island. Um, you know, so that's got to be on someone's mind thinking. You know, if I get out here and run a four one two, 
you know, I'm going to have my own island. So the first thing that happens is at the end of your regular season in college, you know, this is like the, the second week in January, um, you're you're leaving off to go to Arizona, come in Jacksonville, train with me, go to Miami, all these different places. And what you're going to do is for the next six to eight weeks, you're going to actually train um, to be able to get in the best shape of your life for the most um, – the most inter- one of the one of two of the most interesting job interviews that you'll ever have. So the most important thing is how your body looks, how you're doing the position drills, and in the combine test. But even during that time, if you have an agent who's worth their salt, they're trying to prepare you for the questions that you're going to get asked. And they ask a lot of questions. And the one thing that the NFL knows, the NFL knows everything, um, like literally everything. So like perfect example is Michael Sam, and we joke about. Um, Odell Beckham and a lot of other guys. But the reason why Michael Sam came out is because the NFL scouts already knew and they were going to use it against them. They, they, he felt they would use it against them. And I won't name any names, but there's some guys who have gone through the draft process, through the combine process, and have lied about their affiliation. And it's kind of maybe hurt their stock and things that you wouldn't know unless you were in the uh, fraternity. Um, so questions like that, um, I think um, – Des Bryant a few years ago made news when he got really aggravated when they asked, asked him about his mom and her drug abuse and if she was right, how he felt about her being a prostitute, which they ask you things to um to try to get a rise out of you. For another example, I use it myself. They asked me about they asked me if I was if I was um if I was a um a gangbanger because of the neighborhood that I came out of and some of my childhood friends who had affiliations to certain things. But here's a guy, I went on two mission trips to Africa when I was in college. Hmm. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're really asking you a lot of these. So, again, your agents for job is to prepare you for that. Um, you take the wonder lick, and then it's also any injury that you have, they know all of it. Um, the When I came out, the Jaguars um, team orthopedics for the, um, the doctors who did all the physical evals and you know, if you had an injury, they kind of go through all of that stuff. So it's really intense the, the few days you're there. And going to the next question, James is president of operations. Coughlin said something about mental toughness a couple of days ago. And you just hit on that, those questions they asked, that mental toughness. So it's almost like, you know, people ask, why are the players from your southern schools, Alabama, Florida State, and Clemson and so forth, they're getting picked, not just because of talent, because they kind of get prepped for mental toughness. Can you talk about that just a quick second, like, What's that? That's a it's a grind. You know, most people don't realize that. Well, yeah, like when you're thinking about when you play in the, in the Southeastern Conference, that's one of the. Um, actually, you know, we'll take a step back. Um, when you play football, football in the South is different than football everywhere else, like especially as Florida boys. As Florida boys, we have a confidence and a swag when it comes to playing football that we just don't believe anybody's. They play better football, so when they recruit a, so when you get recruited out of the state of Florida, they expect you to come. They expect you to be fast. And they expect you to play like you're the best thing walking. Um, Georgia has a similar similar thing there, uh, similar in that. And, and, and this is where these are hotbeds. So when you go to these schools and there's a big Florida influence and you're playing the best of the best week in and week out and you're playing with a bunch of alpha males, like you don't have time to be a punk. And I, and I, I probably should have probably said better wordplay, but you don't have time to like not be um, – not – be not arrogant, but not to think that you're you're the, one of the better players. And even the guy come from other states, like a uh, perfect example would be like uh, Jalen Ramsey. Like Jalen Ramsey's from Virginia. They're a little different up there. But when you go to your practices, it's different too. Like um, 
I won't lie, our, my practices with the Saints, though different in the level of competition, the guys were professionals. It was not like my practices at FSU. Practices at FSU were probably more intense. And a lot of guys will tell you that. It's um, The difference is, again, it's professionalism and what you and the amount of information you have to get through. But the intensity level and being ready to, you know, just, you know, punch somebody in the mouth, you get that from, from your college. And that's kind of, again, that's what the big dog schools, that's that's kind of what happens. And, you know, it, it, it's nothing wrong with it. It's not to say um, that good players don't come from small schools. But when you are the big fish in a little pond, it's very difficult when you have to start swimming with sharks. Yeah, no, you're definitely right about that. It's 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 almost like you could say the bigger schools breed passion. It's almost like that swag, that passion. And then it's a matter of like Jalen a couple times when he, you know, was upset on the sidelines and so forth and makes the comments about the coach. He confused that passion and that mental toughness and it kind of went overboard. So but when controlled and you get out on that field, he, he can do some serious damage. So. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a, that's a good uh, good for the for the audience that's going to listen about mental toughness. That's that's what Coach Coughlin was talking about right there. Yeah, Coach Coughlin's an old school coach, and um, what he's going to try to find is some guys who who um who can lead, but also can be led. One of the things that most people get confused with being a leader is that you're always telling people what to do. One of the big, one of the greatest qualities about leadership is actually being able to follow orders. And like guys like Jalen, and you know, he will eventually be the be the guy that um, people are going to look to for. But like now, Telvin Smith is coming to his own, um, and some of these other guys are going to. Uh, I think I personally think Malik Jackson will fight should, should be if he isn't a part of it. And a lot, you know, the guys who are used to winning. Um, no, no, no disrespect to Paz or any of these other guys. Paz has been a great pro, but I mean, Paz has also been a a pro on a bunch of losing teams. So it's very difficult for a um, alpha to submit a, another alpha when he does not believe that that alpha is unqualified. So that's why I think Coughlin is going to look for guys who can walk it, can talk it, and um, and have and have that before. So I, I think that's what he's looking for, not just the mental toughness, but in the ability to be able to make to not to, to help guys usher their way. Perfect example of being in different locker rooms. We've always had that guy. I've always had the guy. It wasn't me at times. And I think I'm a, I don't want to say a tough guy, but uh, I'm not afraid of anybody. But there's been a lot of guys in, my, in locker rooms that I've been in where I've been like, you know what? Um, buddy says shut up. It's probably best we shut up. Because I don't feel like, because Buddy's crazy. <laughs> like, I don't want those problems. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, kind of speaking of uh, toughness and the, the Coughlin press conference, one thing that came up from one of the reporters, um, as you know, being a, a prior and, and really successful fullback, uh, we've been kind of famous in years past uh, in the Gus Bradley era and not utilizing a fullback at all, not even having one on the roster. So one of the questions that came up in the press conference was that, uh, are we going to utilize a fullback going forward? And Coughlin seemed totally in favor of it. So um, I, I'm imagining what your answer is, but what is your thoughts on the Jags utilizing a fullback going forward? Um, I think it, I think if you want to have a if you want to have a running game, it just helps. Um, it helps if nothing else for the guy to um, clear off the pass. Um, and the NFL level is really not about glamour. You're not really going to get touchdowns. You may get a, a pass every now and then, but 
when you think about Atlanta, Atlanta utilizes their fullback. Green Bay uses theirs every now and then when they're not in a um, set. Um, Seattle um, used theirs when they were all successful. Um, teams that run the teams that have a really good running game have a good fullback, and it's not about what I think the Jacks thought they had was the two tight end sets. Use one of the tight ends as more as a more of a fullback, but the problem is Mercedes is like six six. Um, my man was uh, who just got traded to the Dolphins was six six. I mean, it was, they're too tall. It's very difficult to have leverage. You for an ideal fullback, you need a guy that's between five ten to six one. Probably about two hundred and between two hundred and forty, two hundred and sixty pounds. Um, a, a, a glorified guard in the NFL, a glorified pulling guard in the NFL. But they are able to set the edge, and then they've got enough athleticism to be able to do to be able to sneak into the flat. Um, you know, everybody talks about um, uh, the spider wide banana, like he invented, like um, Gruden invented it, uh-huh. or whatever it's called, whatever he calls it. Yeah. All it mm-hmm. is is a flat route, a fullback with a, a fullback with a flat tight end running the drag. Um, uh, a corner route with the wide receiver. So um, nobody's going to guard the fullback because nobody expects the fullback to get the pass, but it could be a, a sneak weapon. And then, again, 240, let's say 240 pounds that runs a 4.7, running into another individual that's about 240 pounds that probably runs a 4.6 or 4.7, and a Mike linebacker. If you have a guy with some tenacity and that, that's not afraid of contact, um, eventually – physics is going to come in. Somebody's going to fold. You can, you can only take that punch so many times. Um, and there's some good guys. There's some, um, there's some valuable fullbacks in free agency probably that you can get, or there's some guys, um, there's some guys in college that I, I personally like Freddie Stevenson from Florida mm-hmm. state. Call me, call me bias. <laughs> I like the way the young man plays. I like the way the young man plays. He's, um, he's, he's fast. He's a, he's very athletic. He was a former safety. But um, he doesn't shy away from contact, and unfortunately, um, it doesn't bode well for you, you know, 10, 20 years down the road. But you know, we, we all can't live forever. Yeah, it's um, you play. If, you, if, you, if you get a chance, if somebody gives you a chance to make three hundred and fifty, four hundred thousand dollars a year to run into people, and you like running into people, take the three hundred and fifty thousand to four hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> I haven't made. I have, I'm, I'm ten years removed and haven't got a check that big yet. So I mean, I kind of missed that. Yeah, while we're um, you know, you know, switching gears and, and getting on to the fullback and adding some some value to the team, you know, one thing they mentioned today was that you know we want to try to get better around Blake. And you know, I, I'm 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 gonna you know admit it. I drank the Kool Aid this summer. I was thinking, man, we got Allen Robinson, we got Hearns, we got Julius Thomas. Uh, you know, we got the we got Ivory in here right now. We're good around Blake. We're good, and you know, it comes out to another three or thirteen season. So, as far as personnel wise on the offense, you know, how can we how can we get better around him? One, you got now you got to find a tight end threat. Uh, I don't. I, I put it on Blake. Like you, you, you can't. I mean, you had two guys, two wide receivers, who are NFL top one hundred players. Um, he actually had a, a, a running back that was an NFL top 100 going into last season. You can't tell me that you didn't that he doesn't have the weapons. And then, you know, going back, you know, so Hearns, Robinson, they're they're a year removed from having a thousand yard receipt of uh, season. Um, you, you you look at what um what um you know for the production from from everybody else, like three legitimate wide receivers that can play a role that can stretch that can all stretch the field. Not every NFL team has that. 
Now, maybe right. you go get a possession wide receiver um, that, you know, could serve the purpose of what black men should have served, but he's not here. So, I mean, maybe you can find a guy like that. And uh, maybe Victor Cruz is that guy um, if you want to take, a, uh, take a, um, a waiver on him. But as far as running back goes, um, Chris Ivory, you know, just had injuries. He had that um, – that um that freakish that the freakish out and I won't go into the details as to what happened. Um, it is funny, but um the um the injury he had for the first four games of the season, um where he couldn't he he pretty much didn't come back from that. I'm not a teacher yelled at fan. I'm sure he's right. a great person. Um, but you know the NFL is not about it's not about saints and um and and scholars. It's about um entertainment and winning games. Um, I think what happened, the biggest problem is, and I think it's kind of being addressed, but they haven't addressed it aggressively enough is that offensive line. What you did, mm-hmm. what you did last year was you had your, you took your best player at guard and you moved them to center. And it's not just, it's not like Madden. You don't just take a player and move them somewhere and they think that it's interchangeable when he's never played center. We've got Jokel, who's just been a joke his entire career, has done absolutely nothing. Um, He's still young, so there may be some value on him. But at left tackle, he's been um he's been a turnstile. And you bring in Beecham, thinking that he uh, who's actually this has all this the the measurables of a guard, and you put him at left tackle. And there was times when he's been on skate. So the moves that you made for um uh, offensive line are, are, is really the reason why both me and Denny, though unpopular when we said it, we told everybody you, you're gonna you're gonna, you have all this talent, but you don't have any kind of line play to put it out in, in the perspective from a training perspective. It's like seeing a person with big pecs, great legs, a diesel back, but a gut. Like he has no core. <laughs> and that's essentially what the Jags are. You have all these great body parts, but your core is, is, is trash. And, and from a training perspective, if I have an athlete who doesn't have a strong core, it doesn't matter how much everything else is. He can't control his body. So without body control, you cannot be a great athlete. Without controlling the line of scrimmage, it doesn't matter who we put in front of Blake Boyles. And Blake doesn't help the situation any, anymore. Blake has no idea. And, you know, you can blame having three coordinators in a short amount of time, but Blake has no idea where he wants to go with the ball. I hate to use this as an example because it's like comparing my son's um, three-year-old artwork to the Mona Lisa. But when you look at what Tom Brady's doing, Tom Brady, when he snaps the ball, he knows exactly where he's going. And he mm-hmm. has no running game other side of the Garrett Blunt and the goal line situation. They use right. the short midterm they choose the short to midterm passing game to be able to set up the long ball. But when Tom snaps but the Tom had two intercept well, two interceptions in the regular season. Um you mean to tell me that our offensive coordinator isn't capable of of, of telling Blake to be able to get that? No, a lot of it is he just has no idea what he wants to do. And that comes down to his development, whether it's he, he needed to go to out, go to um see his quarterback coach or whatever. I don't really care about what he needs to do, but he needs to get it done. And even the fact that he allowed his offensive coordinator to talk him into staying here when he that that lets me know he's not ready as he's not ready to be a leader as a pro because nobody yeah. tells the leader of a team what they're going to do. Tom Brady does his thing. Tom Brady goes and does whatever he goes and covers the world, does whatever he needs to do, but he's ready to play. Most guys have a set regiment that they go, they go do their training, they come back here when they need to. The fact that he was willing to stay here, 
um, lets me know I can't have him as the as the guy. He, he can't lead me anywhere because he doesn't right. have a yeah. thought of his own. That's my, that's just me as a player. Again, I'm not even talking about the other stuff. I don't care about him going to beach bars or what other people say. Some of the best players I've ever played with were alcoholics. So, but at the end of the day, <laughs> he doesn't have a he doesn't have very good control or demeanor. And I, I personally wish we would um we would just um the the best way to actually if you want to help him, bring him some competition, somebody that's actually going to because that's what that's the part that pisses players off. And I'll give you another thing in that like when I played, like when I came when I went into New Orleans, I was an undrafted rookie free agent who was brought in who was one of three who was brought in to take the job of a veteran who had been playing for four to five, playing for five years. Like, in his job, he knew his job was on the line. He was in a contract year. So, like, I didn't come in with any security. And, I mean, I ended up not taking the job, but I played well enough to be on the team, to stay on the team and not get cut. Like, like when they, um the wide receiver position, and they feel like if they don't produce, they're going to do it. Same thing with the offensive line. Same thing with Ivory and um and Yoda. The only position that nobody that doesn't feel any heat is Bortles. And, you know, I'd be pissed off. I'm cool yeah. if you win it. But if you're not doing your job and you – I mean, I mean, let's be honest. That's Julie, that was really Julius Thomas's problem. Julius Thomas was not a bad tight end. Julius Thomas just didn't want to go across the middle with a quarterback that's going to hang him out the drop. I don't care. I mean, exactly. we can talk about tough all day, but you get hit by a guy when you're when you're exposed inconsistently. Like my position coach at college, you actually his son was a quarterback. Um, Wyatt Sexton before he went crazy. My position, Wyatt hung somebody up the draw. He said, "How about I go let you run that route and I throw the ball up to you and let you get hit." <laughs> you, like, you can only know about. It's no different than the left tackle doing that lookout block and the quarterback getting hit blindsided. Like they don't like that. Well, mm-hmm. Big guys don't like getting hit across the middle for no reason. Like especially when there's no chance for them to make that catch. So hell, I would want to go to Miami too. And then again, on that offensive line, my bad. We traded. Forget the draft pick part because that's stupid. That's the mess. We traded an often injured young tight end with some talent, with flashes, flashes of Pro Bowl talent, for an often injured old left tackle that has that has flashes of talent. They trade. I'm thirty. I'm thirty. About to be thirty three years old. That's the same age as um as um Albert. Um, 33 mm-hmm. years old in the NFL is like being 75 in real people. Oh. So, I mean, yeah, he may have it. like, Or it's like that, what is that thing? George Strait is a country music singer. I mean, I ain't going. I ain't trying out for the fullback position. I mean, I might not be as good as I used to be, but I'm good once. That's pretty much right. what we just traded for. We traded for yeah, a guy who might be good once. I hope the best for him, but that's the reality. We, we talked about Blake, you know, just in the hot. We used to call him hospital balls. He was sending Hearns across the middle, and he was just getting absolutely destroyed. Um, and yeah, you know, it seemed like yeah. he was he was holding on to more the hospital balls than he was catching the regular hitches that were hitting him in the in the hand. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you on, it, on everything it, about Blake. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot more into that too. And granted, the ball hits you in the hands; you got to catch. It. I'm gonna say that first. But that being said, like you put your hands up in a position to catch the pass. Um, Blake, you call him hospital balls, and he does throw it high. And I thought Alan Hearns like slept with his girlfriend or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no way. 
<laughs> every, I mean, one game, okay, two games, maybe. But, like, every game, he gets the ball high across the middle and, like, gets, like, carted off the field damn near. Like, nah, bro, you see me in a locker. We got to fight. At some point, <laughs> I'm trying to end my career. But I'm going to go with this is what we call them when I was, when you try to catch a pass, we call them Hennessy bottles. Because the ball looks drunk when it comes out of his hand. He doesn't throw the viral, and the ball is moving all over the place. And what people don't understand is when you put your hands up to catch a ball, if the tip of that ball hits the hits the palm of your hand, you don't know. You have no control of where that ball is going to go next. So it's not. It's not just. It looks bad, but when you got a quarterback that you have no idea where the ball is going to go and what the trajectory is going to be, man, you know that's just. Like I said, I'm not defending them because they get paid a lot of money to catch, but at the same time, you're like, come on, bro. Help me. Help me help you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, man. I, I can't. Um, those high and outside. He does, Sometimes I'm like, is that Randy Johnson out there playing quarterback for the Jags, man? <laughs> I mean, just like out there just slinging it so high and then just getting killed. But, you know, you, you hit it on the offensive line. You actually answered my, my next question. So, you know, uh, throughout the season, I would always say, look, I didn't play in the NFL. I'm just a fan. So I shouldn't know anything. But I do know one thing. If a guard pulls and you're supposed to run to the left or right, the running back should not be running up the guard's back two yards in the backfield. So <laughs> nah, that's a running back that's running scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, you got to have patience. Uh huh. It, it just it would it would it would frustrate me because I'd be like, don't be don't y'all see that that those things are happening? But you know, the running game definitely. Hopefully, with the fullback and and some a new scheme or something around the offensive line, a blocking scheme or something. Uh, All right, let's talk, talk for real. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk real about that. So, new scheme. What new scheme? Who's different? What's different about this? Would you be as a fan? It, the town Coffin high was straight. Was uh, Tom Coughlin, I'm not, and I'm not against the Tom Coughlin hire, but let's remove Tom Coughlin. Would you be satisfied with the hire of Doug Marone um, and whoever else in, in, a, in a gang of misfits that's going to be there for the coaching staff? No, absolutely no, not. They're all from the same regime. So, like, what? I mean, what are we going to do for it? Like, the only thing, what they did was they brought in Coughlin. Like, Coughlin's the coach de facto. And to to me, I, this is he may be getting seen now. He may feel like he didn't have another route to go, but you can't put, um, you know, it's part of my French. I don't know how many kids I have listening to podcasts, but you can't put shit in a chocolate in a chocolate tray and make me it make me believe it's all it's on it's <laughs> That's kind of what they're doing with Tom Coughlin, and I want him to be successful. I leave Tom to come in change the culture and he's needed for some of these young players to have somebody with accountability. But there's you you can't tell me that as a fan we're satisfied with the coaching staff. And I'm not saying that I want any of them. Doug Marone's a good guy from everything that I know. I believe Doug Marone can make this at least a nine and seven ball club, but you know, are we still gonna run that auto mesh? The um the lotto or positions that I don't even know what they do on defense. And besides the fact that they have a cool name, I mean, <laughs> like Doug Marone was the offensive line coach in the one in the biggest weakness we had was the offensive line. Like that's hustling backwards. If I come in my job, like if I'm the worst person 
on 1010XL, they're not going to give me five days a week promo. <laughs> if I have sports radio shows. It doesn't make sense, right? It, I mean, yeah, I'm, no, it doesn't. I'm, I'm, not a smart, I'm not the smartest dude in the world, so I try to think of things in very simplistic terms. Um, and my, and, and to, it just like goes back to about, we talk about combine training. If all my guys run slow, are you going to send your, you going to pay, invest money to send me your kid? I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, until, I mean, we, I, we try to be optimistic, but I'm going to be realistic until, until I see, until I see a change. And I mean, Tom Crawford may come in and make these guys straighten up and fly right. But uh, I mean, maybe March 9th will give us more, more clarity. And then maybe a good draft will also help, but it's very, it's very scary for me to be an optimistic Jackson. Yeah, no, I, I the, the the first podcast that Corey and I ever recorded uh, before John, JK3 ever came on, it was, you know, I was harping at the offensive line and, 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 and running backs from day one. And you make valid points, you know, what, what really changed? Uh, hopefully we get personnel that can actually play and compete for the positions, but the coaching really – is it really going to change or is it not going to change? You know, probably not. Because so. here's the problem. Like, and this is why we're different. I mean, like everybody tends to do a great job, very professional. I don't, they got to, they got to be up at the stadium. They, they revoked our press credentials. So I really don't care. I'm going to tell the truth no matter what. I don't want to be at practice every day anywhere. Cause I, <laughs> I'm not getting paid. So but when you look at, the, look at the, the worst conference in, in, um, in the NFL, and that's the AFC South. The Texans, we ain't better than them. Not even on defense. They still got J.J. White and Clowney. I, I mean, he stopped buying his knees from Walmart. He, he got some good knees, and he's healthy. I'm, I, I fear both of those guys at the same time. And they got pushed. They got, they got merciless. They got a good corner that they're probably going to franchise. They have a solid defense. God forbid if they ever get their quarterback situation so. Mm. Um, they, and they lost Andre Johnson to find a better wide receiver <laughs> that's more explosive. So, I mean, but again, on, if we, if, if, if looking at playing the Texans twice a year, do you think we beat the Texans with our current situation, current, current coaches? I'll call the coaching staff to watch. We're not beating the Texans right now. Indy, I mean, we know what their quarterback, but they have there and their coaching staff is their, their front office may be the, the only front office worse than ours. But I'm not even looking at Indy. What scares me to death is look at what they're doing at Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They got a young talent that played well. They had an opportunity to play meaningful games in December. They've got draft picks to be able to make, and they've got cap room to be able to make whatever moves that they need to make. And we're going to be, my fear is that we're going to be sitting here wondering what we can do when Tennessee out, Tennessee showed us, showed the Jaguars how you take a terrible franchise and you turn it back around. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and we'll kind of uh last question here, just to kind of wrap it up for you. You've been an awesome guest, awesome interview. Um, you know, what kind of got you into in kind of the, the radio business uh, to start out with? Like how were you approached about that and, and kind of what was your interest in it? Well, how I got, you know, I've been doing stuff with 1010 off and on since I've been in Jacksonville. Um, originally it was to talk about the FSU games and give a breakdown. Um, then they brought me in cause I, I, I mean, I liked the, I liked the combine 
because that's what I do for a living is train athletes to get faster. So they brought me in to talk about the combine over the years and stuff like that. I attend pro days, um, which is a, like for people who don't know, everybody goes to the combine essentially a month later. You go back to your school, do the exact same thing. Um, some schools have, like Florida State, Florida, those schools will have almost the same amount of personnel at the university. So if you don't get invited to the, the, the combine, there are people who go to the combine and don't get drafted, and there are people who go to only their pro day and get drafted. So it doesn't really matter. Hmm. Um, and so I was doing those things, and then I just got into training, and then um, me and Denny crossed paths. I can't really – we were taught we, – we were coaching um, two different teams, and we were just, you know, chatting, and then he became Facebook friends of mine. And if you follow me on Facebook, um, I don't want to say controversial because I'm not really, but I have strong opinions, and I also can I can argue a point on either side of, an, of something. And you might sometimes I do stuff just to piss people off, like um, you know, not to get political, but I may say, man, I love what Donald Trump said about blah, and I know it's going to get a reaction from this group of people on my Facebook page. And I know it's going to get applause from this group, and then I may say. Well, you know, Hillary Clinton was this, or I'll say, or I'll always bash Florida fans. If you're a Florida fan, you probably don't want to follow because you're feeling. <laughs> and if you're a Miami fan, I'm probably going to hurt your feelings too. So those are things that he was seeing, and then Denny did an intern, which I admire him. He actually did an internship at 1010, and it started off as a bet. Um, they told him that he was too old for radio to be successful in radio. <laughs> and they gave us crap time, which I don't know what anybody says. Saturday morning, Saturday from noon to two is not the most listened to time already. So, but they gave it to us, and then they told Denny, you need to go find a black guy. You need to go find a black guy that can, that can, that can have an opinion that and he doesn't care what people say. And he asked me, and we started doing a podcast that was pretty, um, and we put him up. And they got a lot of hits, and then they gave us the show. And, um, you know, we held no punches with the Jaguars. Um, we said what we wanted to, and then the whole thing is supposed to be, and what we try to convey is that we're just two guys um, having a conversation with all of our listeners. And they're involved in the conversation, too. We just happen to know a little bit more about the subject matter. But we wanted to, we want you to have a drink, a cigar, um, and let's talk sports, and that's essentially what our show is. And we try to convey it. And we we um advertisers are things that you can see yourself purchasing, or that you can actually see us doing. Like we won't we don't bring on anybody. We, we have an authenticity, um, and we're, it's important to us. Like I don't I don't talk about anything I don't know about, and I don't talk about anything that I don't use. I, I'm I'm a Florida fan, and I, I still enjoy your show. Um, I think you guys uh, have the best show on Ten Ten, but um, and, and uh, Straight Talk No Chaser, I I, I download it, and I, I think it's awesome too. But um, I, I do enjoy the uh, the authenticity, authentic. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I, I love how you guys. Yeah, I don't say I don't know, say word. That, that was a five dollar word right there. I looked that up before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like how you guys stay true to each other and stay true to, you know, the fans and everything. And, you know, that we appreciate you coming on tonight. We really do. Well, anytime, man. Anytime you guys need me, if y'all feel free to call into the show. Um, 
You know, we want as much as I, as much as I talk about it. I'm trying to be a Jags fan. Um, I'm not from Jacksonville, but the, uh, it makes my life easier when the Jags win. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, we really appreciate it. We'll definitely put links up for all your stuff. I mean, I'm sure everybody who listens to our podcast definitely knows about your show. Uh, you guys do an awesome job. So, but, uh, just like, uh, JK3 said and Derek thinks the same thing. We really appreciate your time, James. We really appreciate that. I no problem. Anytime, guys. All right. Take it easy. All right. Take care. Later, guys. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.